Kedushin daf mhe. So we're starting from the bottom of mem dalad on the base, the bottom line, where the Gemara says, Mosav Rav Hamamuna. So the context for the question of Ramamuna is on something which Ula says. We discussed yesterday what happens if a katana was no das of her own, but she goes out and is makabal Kedushin. So this is a complicated thing because you would expect the law to be that since the katana has no das, obviously the maisa should be meaningless. And that is exactly what Ula's opinion is. However, the other side is, that maybe the father will hear about it and he'll have a ritzoy, he'll, he'll, he'll acquiesce, he'll be happy about it. And somehow, in retrospect, will therefore view that her action was just representing her father and it could be valid, despite the fact that she has no das. We shouldn't explain to us based upon the Gemara in your test. If a father were to tell his minor daughter, go out and accept your kedushin, then she would somehow be this self-automatic shliach for him, uh, despite the fact that she is a katana that can work. So here, even where she would go out on her own, we're concerned, perhaps, that it is a condition because maybe one will find out about it. It was something which he wanted. The Gemara clarified maybe it's only where they, the father had discussed such a shidduch. And as it, was, it wasn't out of, the, out of the blue that she is accepting condition from this person. There was a shidduch that was made already. just hadn't been formally um, um, made in Maisa condition. Maybe that's the case. But Al-Kubanim, in the Ika da Amri, Ula is saying no matter what, no matter when, we never require anything. No get, no mia, no, no chumras. We don't, we don't say that it's possible for the Katana's actions uh, to make the Kedushin. So the Gemara now is asking Akasha on that opinion of Ula Mazar Muna. So we're talking about the father being able to sell his daughter to as an Amah Ivriya. So Amah Ivriya has to have the potential for marriage. So in Mokhla we learned about this previously in Kedushin, that the father cannot sell his daughter to relatives because the relatives wouldn't be able to uh, to marry her. And the Pasuk is Mashma that the sale is contingent on the ability of the master to do you to marry her. They said, in fact, could. It was Machlokos there in the Joshua's. Everybody would agree that even if it's forbidden, but if it's not like a relative, there wouldn't be Tvisa's condition. It's just forbidden, but after the fact, there would be Tvisa's condition, such as, we have an example here. If, if he's selling his daughter who's a widow, and he's selling her to a Kohen Gadol. So Kohen Gadol is forbidden for him to marry the widow, but after the fact it would be Tofes. Or a divorce here, a Chalutza to a Kohen, then he may sell it. In other words, since after the fact the condition would take effect, so then everyone's going to agree the sale is valid. So we have a case of a father selling his minor daughter, and she's still a widow, and she's already a widow. So how do you have such a circumstance where a minor girl is a widow, and the father is still selling her? What is the case? And then we're going to develop our proof. If the case was that her father first married her off and then her husband died. But the problem is, that would be like the classic case, so she's a widow and then the father is potentially selling her. The Gemara established us, and again, we have to trust the premise of the Gemara, this is back to the Sugis on Yerches, that after a father sell, um, after a father gave his daughter off in marriage, if then even if she comes back into his jurisdiction, he cannot sell her. We derive that from the Sukkim. So therefore, there cannot be a case where he gave her off in marriage and then she returned to him and he is now selling her. That simply is an impossibility. He has no power to sell her after he once gave her in marriage. So now the challenge comes back. How could she be a widow and now he's potentially selling her to a Kohen The case must have been that she married herself off without her father's knowledge. And the Torah is calling her a widow, meaning to say that it had a legal significance to Aser to Kohen Gadol. When, when you know, she, 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 married, she married a guy on her own the husband, uh, the husband died, and, and now she's an Amana. She's back by, 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 by her father. The father never, n- never married her off. And now the halacha would be that he 
um, that, that he would be able to sell her. So, and that's what the Gemara is developing as a kasha on Ula. Ula says when a girl does such a thing, you don't even need me. And here we see that there must at least be some significance. Now, it's a little bit difficult to understand about the Gemara is that the Gemara is saying it's considered Almana, but what's good about it is that it's not a case of a father selling his daughter after he gave her over in marriage because he didn't give her over in marriage. She did it herself. What's fascinating about that is that the mechanism by which the Kedushin is chal is postures the fact that if the father would find out, he would acquiesce. So it's as if he told her to do it. But it, evidently the Gemara feels that since the father wasn't makabal the Maitzvah Kedushin, so then it doesn't, it's not subject to the Xeris HaKasav that he can't sell her after he, he gave her over in marriage. So again, Akash Anula. So the Gemara answer is no, we're dealing with a maidservant who did Kedushin that happened about through Yid. So in other words, he sold her once, and then what happened is the master did Yid. Remember, we had two different approaches about how yield works. One approach was the original the original kesef that the father accepted is retroactively determined to be kesef of kedushin. If you would follow that opinion, then the father did give her over in marriage. But we're following that the original money was not given over for the sake of kedushin. It's just that the, the master is being mechadish, the girl directly, and, and by canceling her need to work. And uh, therefore, she's being mechadish kedushin, not the father. And that would be a case of now her husband died, the master slash husband died, she comes back to her father's jurisdiction, the father would, would be able to sell her to a uh, Kohen Gadda. We're saying there's no proof here that in a regular scenario, um, a, a girl could be a Kabbalah Kedushin on her own. Okay, now the Gemara moves forward. Yesterday we were saying, not Ula's opinion, but Rav's opinion is that if a girl accepts the Kedushin on her own, she needs a get, and she also needs me. Just to understand, we're just a chaz at one point. Why does she need get? Because it may have been chal. But why does she need mia then? So the Gemara explained, because if she only had a get, then people will say that if the husband would then be Makadish her sister, that it wouldn't take effect. Because it's an Arafa, uh, the, the sister of someone you divorced. The reality is that we're not really sure what's going on with the original wife. And therefore, we would be Machmer if he was Makadish her sister, that the sister would also need to get. So in order to show that we don't really know what's flying and we should be machmer on the sister, we say that the first girl needs a mean as well. So now the Gemara says, Itmar, Mace, what happens if a person was Makadesh, a katana without her father's knowledge, and then he died? And now because of this somewhat of a suffix condition, she falls in front of his brothers for Yibam. So what would the halacha be if she did mimer? Remember, mimer is when you're doing a kedushin in the instead of yibum. Yibum is you do bia, and mimer is when one of the brothers does does, does a ma'aseh kedushin to solidify that he will be the one to do the mit, the mitzvah of yibum. So that's binding on a rabbanon level. So here she does mimer, but again the same thing, a mimer without the father's consent. She was originally makabel a kedushin without her father's consent, which we don't fully know whether or not it was valid according to Rab. And at the same time, now she's falling possibly liyibum. Machmas, that doubtful condition, and now she's doing a mimer to one of the brothers without the father's consent. So what's the halacha? The halacha is she needs to do a mion to get out of that mimer. But if it was just uh, if she, there was just the zika, meaning she didn't do mimer to one of the brothers, so she just has the zika, the bind the possible bind to Yibam from the old marriage, so then she doesn't have to do Mion, just Chalitza would suffice. So now the Gemara is going to go through this a little bit. Normally, just to clarify, uh, normally what's the halacha? When a girl does Mimer, what is, what is necessary? A get, because it's a condition, so you need a get if you want to get out of it. But I'm, I'm sorry, well, let me just, 
say it a little bit clearer. If you knew a Dumaimer, what is required, you could certainly do you, right? Be it and be done, be it. But if you want to get out of it, you need a get because there was a condition. You also need chalitza because on the Torah level, chalitza is the only thing that could remove the zika. That's like what normally happens. So now we speak out what's going to happen here. Ketzad. In our case, also by Maimer, if one of the brothers did Maimer, okay, that's good. She needs to get a Chalitza, which any normal Yuvama who does Maimer needs if she wants to get out. But here it's Yuvama Mian. She's going to need Mian as well before she wants to marry somebody else. That's what Rav meant when he said he needs, that she has to do Mian to his Maimer, meaning she needs a third thing. It's like incredible. Normally, Yuvama who does Maimer, she wants to get out, just needs to get in Chalitza. Here, in addition, she needs a Mian. What's the Pshat? Why, why does she need to get it all? Because maybe the father wanted at least the second Kedushin. Um, in that case, it would, it, would, it, would, it would be binding, regardless of whether or not he wanted the first Kedushin. If, 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 if he wanted the second Kedushin, then she's going to need to get from the second guy. It might be Mimer, it might be a regular Kedushin, but it, it, it's for sure true that if the father was Nisraza to the second Kedushin, she needs to get why does she need Because the father may have wanted the first man's kedushin. Then the Yibam was a binding, was the Zika to Yibam was a binding Zika, and that can only be ended through Chalitza. She needs me, because we're scared that maybe the father didn't want either one, in which case, she's not really married to either one, but since she got a get from them, the Yomer and Kedushin so people are going to say, in Kedushin types in Bachay, so the condition that, the, that, that these guys would do to her sister wouldn't be typhus, and really it would because we're not sure. So therefore she needs to do Mian, so it's a, you know, it, shows, it shows people that we don't really know what's flying. Okay, very good. So in conclusion, normally a Yavama who does, who does Mimer, if she wants to get out of the relationship, she needs a Get and she needs Chalitza. If this case where she was Makabal Kedushin without the father's knowledge to one guy, and now she does the Mimer without her father's knowledge, she in addition needs Mian. However, what was the second part of the statement? Laws of Mimer, If the brother didn't do Mimer, so you just have the doubtful Zika about the, from the first condition that she did without her father's Das, then all she needs is Chalitza to get out of it, but no Mian. Why? My Amit, you might say, maybe she needs Mian. Because maybe people are going to say that condition is not Tofes Ba'achosa. And maybe you should do Mian to show that it's otherwise. In other words, in this case, she didn't do a Mimer. So all, and, 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 and at this point, her, her previous husband is dead. So there's no get going on. So all the shaila is that maybe she needs chalitza misafik. Very good. But what are you going to say? Maybe you need me in as well because people will say that what would be if the chaylates would be makadish her sister? So people are going to say that uh, you don't that that, that, that the kedushin wasn't typhus, and you want to show that we weren't. We're not really sure if the zika was a good zika, so you should need me in as well. No, hakol yodam achos chalitza mitarabanan. Even if it was a really good zika. But the sister of one that you did chalitza, everyone knows is only an Isra and the Kedushin is Taifis. Meaning, the whole concern is only when someone gives a get, because the sister of someone you gave a get to is also Midarai, so Kedushin is not Taifis. So we have to show that we're not sure if it's really a good get. But if it's just the, the concern of a sister of someone that you did chalitza to, everyone knows, Achos Chalitza and Midarabana, no one would make the mistake that the one who did chalitza cannot marry your sisters. From everybody knows that rule, that the sister of someone that you were really married to is. So after all is said and done, if no mimer was done, so we're, we're concerned, you need chalitza because maybe the first one's kedushin was a good kedushin, maybe the father was in his ratza, so very good, but require chalitza, but beyond that, nothing else is required. All right, so now we go continue our, our discussion here about Katanim doing things without their parents' consent. There were two people, they were drinking some wine under a tree, some sort of, uh, it seems like it's a, an atzipa is a willow tree here. 
in Bavel. One of them took a cup of wine, he gave it to his friend, Amar, and he said, Your daughter should become married to my son through this, um, through this gift. So he's giving a cup of wine as the cuts of Kedushin. So what happened? So in this case, out the, the katana, everything's fine. A father can be makabal kedushin for his minor daughter. But here, what's interesting is that how's it working for the son's side, right? A son, there's no halacha that a father can make kedushin for his son. The only way that it would work would be shlichus. Now, maybe you could say that even when the father, this is ironic, but the father is doing it without the son's consent, maybe if the son would hear about it and be happy, so it would be a valid automatic sort of shlichus, and therefore it should be good. Even according to the opinion, that when a young girl makes her own kedushin, where we suspect that it's valid, because when the father finds out he might want it, even according to that opinion, we don't go so far to say that maybe the son would acquiesce to what the father did. Why don't we say that? So you could have heard maybe in Lumbus, maybe it doesn't work. However, Rashi says, no, it's, it's more of like a practical sort of thing that a guy's got more options than the girl. The girl has the perspective, as Chazal say, which means that just to get married is beneficial. The son has more options and therefore you don't, it's less likely that he would want it. So therefore, unless there was a direct shlichus where he was man his father, then we don't have to be concerned the son would want it. Says the Maybe he actually made him a shliach. So, in other words, why are we dismissing it? Let's find out more facts behind the story here. It says, Generally, a son wouldn't be so brazen to appoint his father as his agent. That's like something that would be a chutzpah. Maybe the son uh, showed to the father that he wanted it. So, what's the question? If he, if he, if he um, indicated to his father that he wanted it, so now the father could do, be and do it for the son. In other words, generally, we don't say, Marrying a specific girl is a schia for a person. You don't know that it's beneficial to him. But if the person clearly wants that shidduch, then someone else doing it on behalf would be zriya. So maybe that's the case. And then you don't have the chutzpah of him instructing his father to do something. So I'm like, Rabbi Barashim, you have a fear of I heard Ravina say he doesn't know what Rav and Shmuel said. Meaning, I actually hold like Ula, that when a daughter accepts Kedushin on her own, we don't have to say maybe the father was masking to it. So so to here, we don't have to wonder that maybe the father was empowered to act as the son's agent. So the Gemara, it's interesting because it's like we're, we're comparing an apple and an orange here. When the girl does it, we're wondering maybe there's a tzad that she's like a self-appointed agent of the father. Here we're wondering when the father did it for the son, maybe the son at first disclosed his interest in this girl and now the father was doing his zachin. But in as much as you're not chayshish that Nisrat Sa'ad, you're not chayshish here that the that the, the, the son had wanted it, um, the son had, had, had disclosed it here as well. Unless we hear that, that we have no right to just declare that it happened. In other words, that's the, the, the tzada shava here, is that we should be, be wondering about possibilities without much ground. You know, just the father gave the cup of wine. Okay, this is for my son to marry your daughter. Should we say, or interpret that Misa, that maybe there's more to this story and the father must have been um, acting as Zachanam Shalfanam? And that's what the Gemara is saying, that maybe these Amaram held that we don't have to be concerned about wondering such a thing. Okay, says the Gemara. Who gathered the Kaddish Pekita, Mekisha Diyarka Bishuka? There was a person who was Makadish, a, a minor, again, without her father's consent here, without anything. But what did he give her? It's very interesting what he gave her. He gave her a bundle of vegetables and he gave it to her in the market. Even like the opinion that when a minor girl accepts Kedushin without her father's knowledge, we have to be chayshish that the father wanted it. That would only be if, if it was a, it was a thing. It was an honorable thing. Here, what happened? He gave her some vegetables. 
in the market. So we don't have to wonder that the father would want such a thing. In other words, there's always two things. Do you want the person? Do you want the shidduch? And do you want the way the condition happened? So that's the point of the Gemara, is that there's no way that the father would want, we would ask him to, and be approving of such a ma'isa condition. So therefore, we can assume the father wouldn't want it. Says the Gemara, what aspect here makes it a bizon? Is it because it was vegetables? Is it because it was in the market? would be if it was money in the market. Or a bundle of vegetables in a home. My, what would the halacha be? Either variable is enough to make it a bizon. Whether it's vegetables alone in a house, or, or the marketplace alone, even if it was money. Either way, we wouldn't have to be cheshish if the father was masking to the Kedushan. Says the Gemara, there was a scenario of a father who said that he wanted to give over his daughter to one of his relatives, meaning he was in a debate with his wife about who they should marry their daughter off to. He was saying it would make sense to marry the girl to one of his relatives. He Whereas his wife was saying that the daughter should be married to one of her relatives. When we say relatives here, obviously we don't mean relatives that are forbidden. We mean, you know, like a cousin or something like that. What happened is the wife won. You know, she, she was so strong over here. It wasn't like, you know, she forced him, compelled him, like what tied him down. But the point is, she was persuasive enough that he accepted. And he said to her, yes, let our daughter be given to your relative. He was masking. So it seems that they were making, just you're filling, I'm filling in the blank here, just from looking at the continuation of the Gemara. It seems that they were celebrating. There was a, some sort of a l'chaim that was going on. But Lamaisa, it seems that they hadn't actually done the Maisa Kedushin. That's important. As they started celebrating to a certain degree, people are around. But... They hadn't actually done the Maisa Kedushin. So at the Ach Vashasi, people are eating and drinking. Also, Krivi Be'igra Vekitsha. Then a husband or the relative of the husband, right? The wrong, the wrong possibility. He shows up, comes in the attic, and he's Makadash the girl. And the father wasn't there, right? The father wasn't there. So, so normally we say that if the girl is, it does, does a Kedushin on her own without the consent of her father, so it's Machlokas, but Rav and Shmuel say we're Choshish for the Kedushin. The question is, should we be Choshish that maybe the father would acquiesce to the daughter's acceptance of the Kedushin here? And remember, the father actually wanted the girl to become married to one of his relatives. However, the Gemara says, We know people, Jewish people, we don't lie. That's one of these So therefore, once the father told his wife that he that he agreed, he was masking to marry the daughter off to one of her relatives, so there's no way he would go back on that commitment. And therefore, the action that the girl did certainly is meaningless in this case. However, Rava Amar, Rava agrees. No one will take make uh, go through the the, the terakha, the effort of making a feast and then waste it. So if he made a whole party to make the Kedushin to the wife's relative, he certainly wouldn't be masking to the Kedushin of his own relative. That was very interesting svar because it didn't really waste it. Right? It sounds like, you know, let the party just be for that. Evidently, it would be a waste of the party. Says the Gemara Maiba, now what's the practical difference? Is it because of the fact that he wouldn't go back on his commitment or he wouldn't waste the party? He could out to the Nafkamina would be if he had made a party. That's the whole point. If, it just, if the point is that he, once he committed to his wife, so then that's far it would be there if there was no party. But if the point is the parties, if there's no party, there's no parties. And maybe he'd be him to the Kedushin, to his side of the family. Okay, that ends that discussion. Now, the Gemara continues about whether, uh, uh, whether a girl who doesn't assume on her own is valid. Now, it seems like from the Gemara, I guess this is a bit of an introduction, is that not only does a father have a right to give over his daughter in Kedushin, but that right continues over to the Nisuin as well. Remember, the Nisuin is the second stage, which completes the marriage when they start living together, some sort of chuppah at least. 
And that's what happens at that point. First of all, that's when they, the 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 schusim of the marriage becomes. Let's say if the girl would die, the husband would inherit her. Let's say if she has a job, he gets her he gets her earnings. The, if, if he is a coin, then she can eat truma. Certain afkeminas that come only post nisuin. So what happened is Gatra Ladasa a minor girl became became married with her father's knowledge, meaning everything was done. There was certainly a valid condition. But then Halachavila Medina Sayyam, the father went away. He's overseas. Meaning he doesn't hear about anything here. And she independently does nisuin together with her chasam. So let me, I'm sorry, I didn't make the actual point of the clarification. The father has the right to make nisuin as well. includes both kedushin and nisuin seemingly. So now she is doing nisuin here independently of her father. So we're assuming, and this is what the Gemara is going to say, what, how does this relate to our dispute if she's makabah kedushin on her own? Right, when she's Makabal Kadushin on her own, Rabbi Shemur is saying, Kadushin, maybe the father would, would acquiesce, and therefore she's acting on his behalf. So here is we want to know are the Nafkaminas, the ramifications of Nisuin present when she's Makabal and Nisuin on her own. So Amarava, Ochel is Patruma, for sure that is binding, and she can eat Truma, therefore, if her husband's a Kohen, unless her father comes back and protests. But if he doesn't protest, then you assume that he's for sure very happy with it. And what's the reason? It's almost, it's not even a suffix, right? Before, when she was Makabal Kedushin, it was like a suffix Kedushin. Here, you see, we're being lenient. We're being like, treating this like absolutely certain. We know that it's a good Nisuin. Why? Because he already did the Kedushin. So here, we assume that, of course, he would want the follow-through, the execution of what he had begun. That's why it's different. It's not Stam, you know, making a Kedushin at something he had made a Shirech to. It's stronger. He had done Erisin to it. So now she's doing Nisuin. We assume he'd want it. Because we are concerned, maybe the father will come back and protest. We'll come out that the woman who was a non coin was wrongly eating truma. Now, just to clarify, on a Daraisa level, she's certainly allowed to eat after Arison. Remember, we learned on the few the whole din that a wife of a coin only eats after Nisuin is a din Durabana. So we don't mean it in a Dafka sense that it would be a Zerzachas, which I'm mean on a Durabana sense. Rabbinically, it might be Asr. So the point is, Ravasi is concerned that maybe the father would protest, and Rav is not. There was an actual case. On a practical level, Rav was closer to the opinion of Rav Avasi, and he didn't allow the girl to eat Jermah. Even though we're saying that the girl can eat Jermah before the father returns, but Rav would agree that if she died before he returns, the husband does not inherit her possessions. Why not? If we're saying we're assuming the father wanted, so we're assuming that it's Nisuin, so why wouldn't the husband inherit? The answer is, Whenever you don't know what to do with money, what's the halacha? You leave it by the possession of the presumed owner. So in other words, we're saying it really is a suffix. Yes, we were mako by truma because it's only a suffix to Rabbanan. But Lamaisa, it was a suffix. And since in reality it was a suffix, so when it comes to a Choshen Mishpah question now about what to do with the money, we say, and the husband's not allowed to take it. Says the Let's say, the, the, the Kedushin was done with her father's knowledge, it was for sure good. Venises Shalolada, she got married without, she does the Nisun without him. But here's one twist, Rabia Khan. At the time of the Nisun, the father was here. So meaning, he heard about it, and he was just quiet. So now we're moving to a new thing here. What we're trying to move to is, he's present and he's quiet, and we're trying to understand what his shtika is saying. In other words, until now, we've been saying if the husband was overseas and we're trying to understand, do we have to be concerned that he would protest or not? Now we're saying if he was here, he witnesses it, whatever he knows about it, but the point is he doesn't say anything. So how do we interpret that? She can't eat Jirma. She could. She can't. Even going to Rav, who said when the father was overseas that she could, the father wasn't there. So therefore, we assume the father wanted. But here where the father was around and she didn't ask him, presumably the reason why he's silent is because he's very angry about it. So basically what we're saying 
is that the shtika is interpreted as anger. Very interesting. Now, it's a little bit hard to understand because how come we don't say that by Kedushin, right? We don't say, it sounds like the Gemara is, is, is pointing, is, is, is painting this case specifically where the Kedushin was made by the father. Now the father's here and now the Nesuin is done. She didn't consult him in front of his face and he's silent. There we assume he's angry. It's a little interesting that the Gemara brings out this point specifically here by the Nesuin at variable where it was done in front of him and he's quiet. That's where Rav says, here we're not close to the Kedushin. Here we like kind of see that the father's angry about it. Even like Ravasi, that normally a minor can't eat the truma when 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 the husband was when the father was overseas. Maybe the father will come back with mocha. He was quiet. The fact that he's silent shows that he's happy with it. So it seems to be that they're disagreeing about why he is silent. The first opinion of Huna is saying silence means anger. The second opinion of Yimriel is saying that the silence means that he is agreeable to it. Okay, so that, again, where's the Gemara depicting the Machlokas in a case where the Kedushin was good, the father made it, and now she did the Nesuin in front of the father, and the father didn't say anything. Says the Gemara, what happened is, What if she does all of it without the father's consent? She does Kedushin and Nesuin without the father's consent, but the father is here in the same general location and doesn't say anything. So here, look at the irony. She could eat Trima. Remember, Afuna was the one who said, when the condition was good, but the Nesuin was done in front of the father and he's silent, she can't because we're concerned he's angry. Here, we're both the condition and the Nesuin are done in front of the father and father doesn't say anything. Afuna says she could eat. Here she cannot. So what in the world is going on? Amar Ula Afuna, the opinion of Afuna, it's like vinegar to teeth and smoke to the eyes, meaning it's so difficult to understand. In the previous case, the condition was certainly valid with the Raisa and it was only a suffix in the Nesuin. Ravuna still said she can't eat because we interpret the silence as anger. So here we don't even know that the condition was good. Certainly we should say that she cannot eat at the trimmer. What's the shot? So the Gemara explains. So what do we say? Near and Talmud. So 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 is the Talmud correct? Meaning Ravuna's Talmud was Ravimia. So we're saying should we assume that the Talmud was correct? Well, let's try to understand it. The answer is Since the father didn't protest, the minor clearly is treated by her father as an orphan in his lifetime. Meaning to say that you can't bear so much and keep it in. So if both the Kedushin and the Nesuin were done in his presence and he was quiet, a shtika to Kedushin and the Nesuin, certainly we understand it must be agreeable. So when the Kedushin was good and it's a suffix only in the Nesuin and the father's silent, there, there's a Svara, she can't eat Shurma because maybe he wasn't masking to the Nesuin and he was just quiet because, because he was angry about it. But in a case where he, she did so much, she did the condition and the Nisuin in front of him, she made it like so much, clearly he must be agreeable to it. And therefore it's ironic, but the more she did without the father and the father is silent, the more the more we assume that then he is agreeable to it. So in the case where both condition and Nisuin was done, now suddenly Rafuna is saying that she could in fact eat the Trimah.